This is Winning with Wellness, a podcast about inspiring the wellness warrior in you. If you are feeling lost or alone in your wellness journey, or are looking for new ideas and inspiration, you are in the right place. A place you can learn about all things wellness in business, life, and living. Your host, Jenny Rice, will be bringing you inspiring stories and practical tools to improve your overall wellness, personally and professionally. Imagine what living a life of wellness would be like. Thank you for joining us today. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Winning with Wellness, where wellness meets inspiration. We are so excited to have you here. Kelly, you are with me. I am so thrilled to have you on the show. Welcome. Uh, Thank you for having me on the show. It's exciting to be here with you. So I can't thank you listeners enough for being here and sharing your space and time with Kelly and I. We are, it's not lost on us that this show wouldn't be worth even recording if it wasn't for you guys. So thank you guys so much for being here. I want to share a little bit about Kelly before we get into our conversation. Kelly Filardo is a burn survivor since the age of two on 75% of her body. She found a way to go from near death to success from the ugly scarred face girl to the TEDx stage twice. Fierce woman of the year, a seven time international bestselling author, recipient of the Queen Elizabeth Diamond Jubilee Medal and YMCA Women of Distinction. A documentary about her life story called Still Beautiful launched on TV, plus Goalcast launched a video that has almost 10 million views. Now she's a full-time Amazon best-selling strategist. Thank you. We work with her in her um, strategy with best-selling authors, coaching people to become best-selling authors. So Kelly, again, thanks for being here. Oh, thank you for having me, Jenny. I just, you know, I, I love the work you guys do. And so it's just an honor when you asked me to be on your show. Thank you. Oh, I'm so excited. So, you know, let's dig in. I want to know what mel- wellness means for you. Oh, my goodness. Wellness. That is such a broad topic. Right? It, it is. It's like, how do you nail it down just to <laughs> one or two things? Right. But, you know, I think, I think wellness means when you're, when you're doing what you love in your life, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, I know that for me, the times when I felt the best about myself is when I was living the life that I want to live. Right. And, you know, doing the things that I love to do. And that to me is wellness because when you're doing the things you're, you love and you're passionate about, then it all just kind of flows. And uh, yeah, so to me, it's all about, you know, being happy with your life and doing the things you love that make you feel great. Well, and you know, that really stems into when, when I read your bio, it sounds like your life at a young, young age, obviously started out with a very traumatic event, like extremely traumatic, traumatic event. And you and I've talked about this off the air. There's, there's gifts in those traumatic events. What, what is the gift in your story? Yeah, you know, absolutely. Right. Like I was two when I got burnt to most of my body on the, you know, on the family farm. And, you know, you could easily think that my life is very tragic. Mm -hmm. There's so many things that have happened to me, you know, not even just me getting burnt, but, you know, I've lost a baby, you Mm -hmm. know, when, when I was 28 weeks pregnant, um, 
I got diagnosed with pre-cancer at one point and I've been through my parents' divorce, my own divorce, you know, there's so much stuff that I've had to, to, to go through. But to me, the gift in it is that I can help other people. Mm. That I've learned that, you know, me getting burnt as a two-year-old isn't really a tragedy. I mean, you guys all heard my bio, right? Like, it's not a tragedy. <laughs> there's some serious serious accomplishments on that list for sure exactly and even being nominated for entrepreneur of the year for you know your award ceremonies yeah. right I mean all of that happened because I stepped into my power mm-hmm. and I stopped letting my tragic story um move you know I stopped letting it hold me back in life and I think that's the big thing is that a lot of people they have something tragic happen to them and then they think life is over. Right. Right. And I decided to see the gift in it and then move forward with it. And so to me, there's nothing more satisfying when I get text messages or emails from people. And one of my most beautiful stories is I was speaking to a group of um, teenagers. They were about 19 to 21 years old. And it was a 4-H group. And this young man texted me and he had his sunglasses on. And I allow people to text me when they when I speak. And so he said, okay, he says, please don't acknowledge me, but I'm the one with the sunglasses on. I had to put them on because I'm crying now. Hmm. He said, I've been wanting to commit suicide, but the girl standing beside me and your speech is making me want to stay alive. Wow. And I was like, how can you not see that as a gift? Mm -hmm. If I hadn't have lived through what I lived through, I wouldn't have been able to inspire that young man to live. Oh, I've got goose pimples from, I I don't know. (laughs) Wow. You know, there is so much to take from what you've just shared. You could have taken any pathway you chose any, and so could have that young man, but they, you know, you chose to be inspired by your situation. He chose to be inspired by you and the young, young woman within, within his vicinity. So what, like, how did you overcome the challenges? There had to have been some, let's be honest, you, you were burned as a child, as a young infant and society sometimes can be very, um, unforgiving shall we say so I I would guess there's been some overcoming of challenges in your life how would you guide somebody or recommend or suggest like what was your pathway well absolutely I mean I've been teased I've been bullied I've been shunned you know I'm I've had you know tons of horrible things happen to me you know I in grade five I was called the scarface girl I walked past my teacher's desk and there was uh, someone had drawn a picture and it was a circle with scribbles all over and it said scarface Mm. and I was in grade five so I was like what 11 years old and so of course I mean that was devastating right it was devastating being called the scarface girl but how did I get over it I think that's such a hard question to answer (laughs) because there's so many things that you need to do Mm -hmm. right and and one of the first things that you got to do is to quit taking everything personally Mm. right like we're so stuck in our heads and we're so stuck that we have to be perfect and we have to be flawless and we have to be you know super women and we don't want to fail mm-hmm. right because we don't want to be losers and stuff and 
so for me, it was about, you just have to like, let those things go. Right. And I know that a lot of times that can be the hardest thing to do is to let things go. But I had to just like push it aside and say, that's them. That's not me. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Other times what I've had to do is listen to music. Yeah. Right. Like I've got certain songs that when I listen to those songs, they totally empower me. Right. Um, Even with my divorce. So this is, this is something funny. So every time I would see my ex's name, whether it be a text message or a phone call or whatever, I would just get angry. Right. And you know, you can feel it. You just feel that instant like, (laughs) yeah, Yeah. just seeing his name would put me in that state. And I'm thinking, okay, hang on. I'm a, I'm a speaker. I'm, I'm a business owner. I cannot be in that state. And it got to the point where I would turn my phone off before I would be going to a speaking gig, because if I saw his name, he would shift me. And then I didn't always know how to shift myself back. Gotcha. You know? Yeah. And you've got to be on your A game. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. So, so exactly. And so um, I changed his name on my phone because I thought I can't be in this state. I have to be in a positive state at all times. Right. Well, not maybe not at all times, but most of the yeah. time, especially yeah. when I'm working. Right. So I changed his name and I changed it to poor soul. Interesting. And yeah, and I still remember when the next time he texted me and it said poor soul. What? What does poor soul want? I'm like, <laughs> oh, oh yeah, poor soul. Right. That's my ex-husband. Oh yeah. What does he want? And I'm thinking, oh, what does poor soul want? Right. And it was amazing how oh, I was okay. able to stay in that positive headset. So instead of me being triggered into anger. I was triggered into empathy. I love that. And it, it was one of these things that I had to do. I mean, now his name is his name. Mm-hmm. It, his name doesn't trigger me anymore. But when we were going through my divorce, it really triggered me. And I was like, I can't believe that just seeing his name is triggering me to that point. Right. But uh, that is definitely one of the ways that I got through it. Um, and I tell people too, like, do you have somebody in your phone where you see their name? And it triggers you. So change their name right? so that when you see them, it doesn't bother you so much. So, um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's lots of, of ways, right? Definitely music, definitely changing people's names like that. Um, another thing that I did a lot of is I fantasized what I wanted my life to look like. Mm, yes. So, and I remember being a little girl, you know, in junior high and if people were bullying me or whatever, then, you know, I'd be sitting under the tree and I would just be fantasizing about what I wanted my life to be, you know, and, and that really helped me too. And even now I still do that where it's like, I don't live in my past because a Mm -hmm. lot of people live in their past. And if you keep living in your past, it just holds you back. Yeah. So what do you want your life to look like? I love that. And you know, what's so amazing about the couple key things that you brought forward, that, you know, the image of them writing a Scarface, that says way more about them than it did about you. And to be able to, to remove yourself from that, to not take that anger or energy on is so powerful, because we take it personally, but really, it's about them. The irony of it all, it feels like it's directed to us, because it's, you know, 
yeah. quote about us, but in reality, that person is hurting so deeply to do something like that. So beautiful perspective from such a young, young soul. And then I love the shift of, of, of shifting the name. That's an exercise I do in different ways in my life. I am so going to do that. I'm trying to think right now if there's somebody in my phone that triggers me. And I think I've gotten rid of all those people. But I'm telling you, I will be hearing. I, will, I, I bet you there's more likely something in an email than they'll be in my phone. But I love that. What a great tip. And um you know, just knowing to move through it. And, and I, I love that shifting that perspective. It's so amazing. So, you know, Kelly, obviously, you've had this incredible journey and experience. How did you get started as a speaker and an author? Oh, my God, that's, that's a cool story, too. So about 11 years ago, yeah, I think it's about 11 years ago. Do you know Charmaine Hammond? I don't think so. The name is no. familiar, but it's, I'm, I don't know that I know. So tell, tell, elaborate. Well, she, well, her and I met at a woman's event. So this is when, you know, you could do in-person networking. You know? right. Like actually talk to a human in their face. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, so we were at a woman's event and she was, you know how, when you go to an event and you're like, I got to know that person. Yes. You just know, like, mm-hmm. that's the person. So that's who Charmaine was for me. So I saw her and I'm like, oh my God, I got to go know her. So I talked to her. And so here and I were talking about what each other does. And at that time, I was still married. I had a scrapbooking business at the time. And so here and I were talking and she said, you know what, Kel, you need to sell that business you're in and be a speaker. And I was like, what? I'm a burn survivor. So what? Right. And she's like, no, people will be so inspired by your story. Now, at that point in my life, I was in a toxic marriage. My business was bankrupting us. I had a job too, because my husband had been laid off from his job. So he told me to step up to the plate. So I did. I went and got a job. And here I am. She's telling me that I would be inspirational. And I'm like, I don't get it. I don't see any inspiration. I see Loserville. That's what I saw. Right. right? right. Because we were like almost bankrupt and my marriage was horrible. And, and, you know, all these things were going on. And I was like, there's no way, right, that I'm inspirational. And she said, no, people will be inspired by your story. Mm. So anyways, I go home that night and I said to my husband, I said, I'm going to be a speaker. And he said, well, (laughs) how are you going to do that? right and who's going to listen to you right because again all he saw was the doom and gloom in our lives right right he didn't mm-hmm. see that i was an inspiration because he could just see that you know our marriage was failing and we were almost bankrupt and he didn't have a job and he's thinking what do you mean like you're not anthony robbins you right. know you're not tony or um you know oprah winfrey like you don't what are you gonna speak about so i so although it was like you know, kind of a jerk thing to say, I understand why you said it. Right. Right. So, well, so anyway, right. His, his condition, his perspective, his experience. Yeah. Yeah. And he's saying that I don't see you being successful. So why would anybody want to listen to you? You're not successful. Right. And so I just said to him, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but it's going to happen. Nice. 
And so I ended up going to another woman's event with uh, that Charmaine had got her and I to be a speaker on. And we did an Ellen show and she was, she was uh, the Ellen and I was the guest. And I, I'll never forget this because I, she was asking me some questions and I'm talking about my dad passing away and I was crying and, and the audience was crying and, and I'm looking around, you know, the stage and I'm like, why is everybody crying? Did somebody fall? Like what's going on? Right. And I heard that little voice in my head say, they're crying about your story. Mm-hmm. And then I tell another story and everybody's laughing. And, and again, I'm thinking, why is everybody laughing? And I'm looking around on stage again. And I'm thinking, well, maybe somebody's got a clown nose around me or something, right? Like what's going on, you know? And, and, uh, and then I heard that voice again say, no, they're, they're laughing at your story. It's funny. Right. And so um, then I ended up uh, like going home that night and I was like, oh my gosh, when do I get to do this again? And there it is. And the next day I ended up uh, going back to that same event. And there was a lady there that was speaking and her offer was to teach people how to become, you know, keynote speakers. And so um, I found a way to, you know, I didn't, well, I didn't really have the money to take it. She said, well, that's okay. We'll take payments. And I was like, okay. Um, you know, and I'm freaking out, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm thinking, well, the universe wants me to now be a speaker. And I had just told my husband, there was no way I was gonna, or I didn't know how it was gonna happen, right? And we were almost bankrupt. So yeah. So anyways, I did end up finally taking her course. And um yeah. And then that was the start of my speaking career. And then I, six months later, she told me, you need to be an author. And, and that was when I wrote my first book. So, so what's really powerful about that is showing, showing yourself, never mind the people who are listening. Sometimes you just have to take a leap of faith. Sometimes you just have to trust that you're capable and take the yeah. lessons along the way and look where you are now. Look I what know. you've accomplished. I know it's crazy. It's it's, crazy. Well, and I mean, to circle back to your story, that moment saved a young man's life by you stepping in and not being afraid to, to take the plunge and put yeah. payments, you know, put payments on a speaking learning yeah. opportunity. You'd legitimate saved someone's life from that experience. Never mind. I'm, I'm pretty confident you've increased your monetary and, you know, you've had, <laughs> you've had some things go well financially. Right? So, well, there, you know, and definitely, I mean, you know what it's like being an entrepreneur. I mean, it's yeah. ups and downs and everything. Oh, of right? course. Yeah. And, and that, you know, that was really tough for me too, because, you know, being a keynote speaker, of course, it's, you know, there's, there's highs, there's lows, and there's times when you're not making enough money and, you know, then it's all about shifting and figuring out, okay, what direction do I want to go in? And then when COVID hit, I lost all my speaking gigs and then went and said to my, I laid on the couch for a week and I said, okay, now what, what am I going to do? Right. I've got kids to feed and a house and you know, what am I going to do? And I was a single mom and didn't have a man to support me and child support. I wasn't getting any more child support. And so I was like, okay, well, what's next? And that's when I decided, okay, I guess I'm going to do this book thing. And that's when I went full-time into coaching people to become best-selling authors. And so my last two years have actually been my best years ever, actually, honestly. Yeah. 
So, so it's been great to, you know, get people to get their books written and, and all that. And, and I'm, yeah, it's fun. It's fun seeing people get their books done and become bestselling authors and have a hundred percent success rate and getting people to the bestseller list. And, and I get to work with wonderful people like you. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I do too. I know it's nothing but a laugh fest when we're on the phone. I know. You know? it's, it's amazing. We actually get work done. I know. I know we could easily get distracted. So, you know, as our time comes to, to a close, Kelly, there are many people that are listening to your story and they might be sitting there thinking it worked for Kelly, but it won't work for me. Do you have any suggestions that you would provide them? Oh my gosh. You know, I think, um, a number of things come to mind. One is, uh, you know, I remember when I was in a big, deep depression and it was like, okay, what am I going to do next? This was about probably seven or eight years ago. And, um, I'll never forget. I was actually sitting on the end of my bed with my iPad and I was Googling how to end my life. Mm. Right? And um, I had three conditions. One was my kids couldn't be the ones to find me. Mm-hmm. The second one was that it had to be final and it had to be painless. And I couldn't come up with something. And I thought, what am I going to do? Right? What am I going to do? And so I decided I had to just take one step, one step forward. That was it. And it was interesting because I, you know, to make a long story short, I ended up meeting a woman that, um, you know how it is, you, you, you take something and then it leads to something else. So yes, I took this course on how to write a book. And then from there, one of the coaching call or one of the, the bonus gifts was a coaching call. So I had this free coaching call with a girl and she said, you know, Cal, she said, why don't you value yourself? Mm. And I was like, what do you mean value myself? I, I value myself, right? Like my ego kicked in and my ego is like, I, of course I value myself. I'm a speaker and I speak in the teens and women and I help them move through their lives and I value myself. She goes, no. She said, I think the reason you don't value yourself is because you're not making the money you want to make. Mm. and I was like oh like right here in my chest right like just hit me right there right to my core and I was like oh and she was right because I had set a goal to make a six-figure income Mm -hmm. and I wasn't making it and I still hadn't made it and I set this goal three times and it still didn't meet the goal and she goes you know what Kel don't call me back till you know what value is and I said okay fine what's value and I was thinking what is value And I got thinking about things and I I thought about how I reconnected a friend with his mom and dad and grandparents. They thought he was dead. They hadn't seen him in 24 years, but he was an alcoholic and they thought that he had just, they told him, don't come back until you're sober. They hadn't seen him in 24 years. I reconnected them. Another guy, I coached him how to become a best-selling author. And then he was helping people to become best-selling authors. And now all these people were writing books and becoming best-selling authors. And then I, I wrote down how my book is in Africa, teaching, you know, young teenagers about self-esteem. And I thought, and I am the only one in my, of my siblings that's not a millionaire. So Mm -hmm. I'm, and I'm the oldest and I'm thinking, Hey, and they're looking after me. And I'm like, no, I should be looking after them. They should be looking after me. Right. And I'm thinking, Oh my God, none of my siblings have a book in Africa that's being used to teach people about self-esteem. So I wrote all these things down. 
And the next day I read it and I said, who is this chick? I've got to know her. Right. Right. And I realized that when I got on my coaching call, my coach said to me, Kel, I think you finally get it. Your value is not in how much money you make or don't make. Your value is in the acts of service and the things that you do to make a difference in someone's life. And so the reason I'm sharing this story with you is because a lot of times we feel like we're not valuable because we're not making enough money, Mm -hmm. right? And we compare ourselves to the people who are, and we think, well, we're not good enough, but we're probably doing things that most people aren't doing. Like I, it really hit me then. It's like, oh my gosh, my, my book is all the way over in Africa. And I've been to Africa twice, you know, and seeing them use my book to teach people about self-esteem, like how incredible is that? And so what I want you to understand is that we all have value. Mm -hmm. And even when you're feeling like you don't want to get out of bed, just take one step forward. Just do one thing towards your business or towards your passion. And that will help you to get through any sort of challenges that you're having. Um, And the other thing is to get a good mentor, like get somebody who's in your industry to help you because they've already done it. And I know that that really helped me when I was first started out as a speaker and an author is I had people that, that helped me that knew what to do. So, yeah. Thank you so much, Kelly, for imparting your experience and wisdom. I mean, oh my goodness. (laughs) There is so many golden nuggets there. I encourage you guys not only to listen to this episode once, but more than once, because there's so many incredible perspectives to share from just your story. Thank you so much for your, your honesty and your vulnerability and, you know, just, well, for being amazingly you. Oh, thank you. Well, and thank you for all the great, amazing work that you guys do. I, I love the work you do and I, you know, it's just like, we're all trying to make an impact and make a difference in people's lives. And that's exactly what you do. So thank you for that. Well, thank you. (laughs) I love what I do. (laughs) I know. And, and sometimes, cause you know, we don't always see the value in what we do. And and that makes it really difficult sometimes for us to move forward. And so we just have to know that we are making a difference. Mm. And take a different perspective and look at your life in a different way. You'll be surprised the impact you're making. Thanks again, Kelly, for being here. You're very welcome. For all of you that are listening, thank you so much for connecting. Don't forget to inspire yourself and join us at Your Holistic Earth and become a wellness warrior and tap into this type of wisdom on a daily basis. We thank you so much for listening and look forward to catching you on another episode. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Winning with Wellness. If something you heard today sparked your interest or fired up your curiosity, please head over to Apple Podcasts now, hit subscribe and leave us a review. Your review helps us ignite the wellness warriors in others. Your community is waiting for you. Don't forget to activate your free wellness membership to your holistic earth. You'll find the link in the show notes. It is never too late to redefine your wellness and you don't have to do it alone. One small action can lead to life-changing results. I know because it did for me. And from my heart to yours, thank you for sharing your most valuable asset with me, you.